Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. How's everyone doing this morning? We doing okay? Give us a wave if you're doing okay. Give us a wave if you're feeling Christmassy yet. Oh, oh gosh, there's some uh, windscreen wipers going on down here. <laughs> Brilliant, yeah. Well, I said to the kids yesterday, because Leanne went to a, um, a worship training day with some of the worship team here, and I, so I was with the kids at home, doing all the bribes you do as a father, trying to keep the kids under control, and said, right, now Sophia's um, birthday's come and gone, uh, now we're one, step, one day closer to Christmas, we can watch a Christmas film. Uh, so... Um, yeah, we started watching some Christmas things, but today, this afternoon, we're going to definitely watch probably something like Elf. Who's seen Elf? Yeah, so the kids just love it. It's just wacky comedy, and it's brilliant to get you into the Christmas um, mood and Christmas spirit. And today, I'm going to be continuing, let's see if this works, continuing uh, our second and final part of our Breakthrough Boots Camp. And um, so we're going to just do a quick recap um, what's happened. So basically... Breakthrough is something you want to, when you want to break through into a new level or new season, or you want to change a shift in, in your world or your circumstances. That's what is known as a, as a, a breakthrough. And a boot camp is often an, like an army term, where military term, where for a period of six weeks they go through basic training, a boot camp, to understand some of the culture of the army and gruelling physical exercise. Sounds fun, doesn't it? Who's up for gruelling physical exercise? Hands down. Um, okay, that's a breakthrough boot camp. And uh, the, the, my title of the message today, part two, is called Under Siege. Under Siege. And we're looking in this, this mini two-part series at um, Joshua chapters two to six. And we're looking at the, the life of the, the, the children of Israel um, when they've just um, come, been set free from, from Egypt They've gone through, been traveling through the wilderness for 40 years because they were disobedient to God and now looking at them entering the promised land. And last week we looked at this simple um, thought which was to move forward we need to look back. To move forward we need to look back. And in a sense what happened is God did a miracle. God did a miracle when they, the, the children of Israel left Egypt. He parted the Red Sea. And we say that quite easily, don't we? Because maybe those of us that are Christians here today or listening on podcast, we know some of the stories of the Bible, the parting of the Red Sea. But imagine you are in that situation today. You've got an enemy in the, the Pharaoh and Egyptians pursuing you, and you've got a, a, a mass, massive sea of water called the Red Sea, and, you've got to, and that's the only way through. You've got to get through somehow. What are you going to do? And God did an amazing miracle where he parted the seas the Red Sea, and the people of Israel crossed over, not even on puddles, but on dry ground. Isn't that amazing? And now we'll see after 40 years later, Moses, who, who led them through the wilderness, has now died. Joshua is the leader. And, uh, and now they've got another miracle. They've got to go through into, through the River Jordan into the plains of Jericho, a place called Gilgal. And again, God came through to them. God came through for them and he parted, he stopped the flow of the River Jordan 
at harvest time when there would be lots of water. He stopped it, so he crossed over on dry ground. And God wants to mark a moment with them. He wants to mark a moment so they wouldn't forget. Because who's got a bad memory? And 40 years later, some of the people that had come out from Egypt had passed away. And now you've got another generation that come through. And they remembered what God had done. And for some of them, they had been passed on the story of what God had done for them through the Red Sea. But now, in this generation, something new, something fresh has happened. And God has done another miracle by stopping the River Jordan. They crossed over on dry ground. So God said to, to Joshua, get 12 of you men. One for each of the 12 tribes, because everyone is going to be included in this, no matter what uh, age or background, everyone is included in this. And I want you to get them a, a stone. Not a little small stone that I'm holding my hand right now, but a big boulder. One that comes from the middle of the River Jordan. And what I want you to do, I'm going to take it over to the land. And where you camp tonight, I want you to set the stones up. And in times to come, when your children, your children's children ask, what's the meaning of these stones? You can look back and say two things. First of all, how this is a sign to all the nations of the world that God is powerful. That God is able. But secondly, to you, let it be a sign that you can respect God. That you can reverence him. That he is powerful, amazing, and loves you so much. But he is to be honoured. Two, two symbols, two reasons for setting up the stone. And I gave you all last week a stone with a bit of homework. That when we have times when we're feeling challenged ahead or entering new scenes in our life, we can look, hold our stones and we can look back to what God has done in our lives. Maybe the small things, maybe some big significant things, but God has done amazing things in our lives. And look back, how to have faith for your present situations, that God is still able to do amazing things for the future. Amen. And that's one of the lessons that we learned from um, the account from last week. And I want to carry on with this um, this series today with looking at this, the title of Under Siege. And uh, before I do, um, a little bit of a, I guess, a quick, quick sort of story from me today. Um, who, okay, hands up, be honest. Who, who has times when life is hard? Or where things, challenges come out of the blue sometimes, out of what I call left field. Suddenly you have a situation that I wasn't expecting that. And uh, I guess... Just, just this week, a situation has, has occurred. I'm not going to go into too many details because this is a, a public recording. But just to say that um, a few weeks ago, Leanne went to our children's school and had the opportunity to speak. They had an international week and they invited any parents who want to get involved to speak to the children about anything to do with religion, faith, anything international. So Leanne said, look, can I come in? And, and she had the opportunity to share with about sort of two to 300 children and their teachers all about the Christian faith. Isn't that an amazing opportunity? And, and it was very interactive and they were, kids were asking questions and we were milking it all up. For some of the children, probably the minority, but still for some, they didn't know anything about Jesus, anything about church. Isn't that amazing? So what a great opportunity that Leanne had. Um, fast forward to, um, to this week, and it's been a, a bit of a challenge, challenging week. I'm not going into too many details, but just to say, like, who knows that sometimes when challenges come, they come through relationships, don't they? Yeah, often the, the relationships we have, that's when some of the challenges have. And, um, and I think, you know, one of our children fell out of one of their friends at school. And uh, as happens with children, 
That's how it happens. They had big children too, isn't it? <laughs> they fell out and they didn't want to make up. And, but it started to get out of control. Parents started getting involved. The teacher got involved. It started, then before we knew it, the, uh, the senior management team were getting involved. And we thought, what is going on with this? Because two children fell out. Um, and they're now friends again. <laughs> but there's a bit of a wake, a trail of, not disaster, but of, of things, you know, difficulties, which, you know, brilliant Leanna's just navigated through brilliantly. But on Thursday night, on Thursday, I just thought, oh God, I'm just going to, this, this seems like an attack. This seems like after something that's been very good, very healthy, this just seems like an attack. So I just prayed, God, in your name, I take authority Jesus said before he went, when he died and rose back from the life to life again, before he went to heaven, he said, all authority has been given to me. Go and make disciples. And if we're a believer here today, if we're a Christian here today, we can take authority. We take authority. In this situation, I take authority. And everything that has been said that is wrong, make it right. And protect the hearts of our children. And I've got to say, church, at the end of that day, when I put the kids to bed... Um, the hearts of, the chi- of the, one of our children was soft. It had become really hard, but it was soft. And they were all even talking about making amends the next day on the Friday. So the power of prayer, never undermine it. And I say that because we all go through situations where things come out of left field. Things come up on us that we never expected. It could be sometimes it's a medical report, a medical diagnosis that comes our way. And we think, gosh, I didn't see that coming. And it may be grim. It could be in our relationship. It could be in our, in our, in our married lives with our, our partner. We think, oh, we're not getting on. Or things are just not quite good at the moment. Or with our children. And they're just sort of going a bit astray or getting involved with the wrong crowd. Or we're just thinking, God, what can we do there? It could be in your working life. It could be a problem comes out. You think, gosh, I thought things were going well. And suddenly, it could be in your friendship groups. Suddenly, someone's fallen out with you or accused you of doing something that you never thought would be the case. There's many things in our life where things come out of left field, come upon us very suddenly, and we think, what do I do now? How do I respond to this? How do I go forward in this situation? And uh, I'm sure we've all been in those situations, and maybe some of us, we're still maybe in that situation even today. But the great thing is, God can teach some stuff from, through his word. And we're going to go through uh, an account in the, in, the, in the Bible, which maybe some of us would have known before, but I want you to pretend it's the first time you've ever heard it. And maybe for some of us, either listening or here today, it is the first time we've heard this account of the walls of Jericho. Songs about it from many years ago. But just imagine you're in the shoes of the people of Israel today. And you're facing what they're facing. You're seeing what they're seeing. Imagine as we go through the account. And let's just see how when things come out of left field, what can we do and how can we cope? And to help us with this today, just got this thought that says, victory requires stepping in faith, not standing in fear. Victory requires stepping in faith, not standing in fear. And we're going to look at some of the lessons that they learned and what they can te- teach us from like four to 5,000 years later. So let's going to read from Josh a few um, from Joshua chapter, chapter 3, a little bit from chapter 4, and mostly from chapter 6 today. Don't worry, there's not too much reading to do. But um, we're going to start with Joshua chapter 3, verses 2 to 5. This is by way of recap from last week. 
So it was after three days, the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your, your place and go after it. So they've been told to follow the Ark of the Covenant. Remember the Ark of the Covenant symbolizes the presence of God. Go after the Ark. There should be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits, about half a mile by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. And this was God's plan, for them to go across the River Jordan, and they had to follow the Ark of the Covenant. Why? Because they had to follow the presence of God. Why? Because it had not been that way before. And the challenge to us last week was to seek God. When times of difficulty or things come out of the way, seek God and remember what he's done in your life. Thank you, Felix. And then in chapter 4, verses 21 to 24, and take it from the message. And then he told the people of Israel, In the days to come, when your children ask their fathers, What are these stones doing here? Tell your children this. Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry ground. Basically, tell your, tell your children a miracle has happened. Yes, God, your God, dried up the Jordan's waters for you until you'd crossed over. Just as God, your God, did at the Red Sea, which had dried up before us until we had crossed over. This was so that everybody on earth would recognise how strong God's rescuing hand is. That's the first reason. Everyone would know how God is so strong. And secondly, so that you would hold God in solemn reverence always. Now, when God has done stuff for you, if you're a Christian here today, God has just done stuff. Remember, it can be a sign for those that don't yet have a relationship with Jesus. But it also is a remembrance for you that God did it once before, he can do it again. And so, we, we move into the account. They're now in a place called Gilgal. Gilgal means rolling. And what's happened is the very first thing that they're going to do, they're not going to storm this, this, uh, this city of Jericho um, as they would think. But God's got other plans. In chapter 5, the, pe- the men who had come out from Egypt, um, the, the, the Jewish tradition was that Jews would be circumcised. As a young baby, they'd be circumcised as a symbol that they belong to God. That would be the, the cut, so it's a bit gory, but cutting away of the foreskin on, on the man as a symbol that they belong to God. And as they'd come, then basically the men of war that had come out from, from Egypt they had died and passed away. A new generation is raised up and no one had been circumcised. So the very first thing God does is ask Joshua, who's the leader, to make sure that all the men are circumcised. I'm just thankful today that as a, um, a Christian, I don't have to be circumcised. <laughs> and if you are a man here today and you have been, then that's great. Um, but I'm glad. But, uh, because that's their, that was their Jewish culture. That was their Jewish culture. And so they, that was the very first thing that God wanted to do. Why? Because he wants to say, in this moment, before we do anything else, I want you to know that you're my people, and I'm your God, and I belong to you, and I want to look out for you. But I want you to know that you belong to me. And so there's this symbol of cutting of, of the foreskin. So that was chapter 5. That was the very first thing they did. So after the men had healed... makes me want to cry. Um, okay, so now we, now we see in Joshua chapter 6. And we're just going to look at these first two verses. Now Jericho, there's a city of Jericho. Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. 
The Lord said to Joshua, see, I've given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. We're just going to pause it there. You see, what happened is in chapter 2, Joshua sent out spies to go to Jericho. They went out to Jericho and they found this, this prostitute called uh, Rahab. And she hid the spies. And all of the things that she said, told these um, Israeli men, these spies, the main thing that, they t- that she told them that had significant was, everyone in this city has heard how your God had dried up the Red Sea. Everyone has heard how God has been on your side, and we have seen how he's dried up the waters of the River Jordan, because it's just before their city. And so everyone in the city is scared. Scared of you and scared of your God. And so they brought, the spies brought back word to Joshua. And imagine if you heard this and you were going about to take a city. It would make you feel courageous, wouldn't it? It would make you feel courageous. And what happened, keep it on there please. And what happened, there's now a siege going on. They shut up the walls and the gates of the city. No one's going out anymore. And no one's coming in. And naturally, in a time of war, what would happen in a siege? Two things. You either try and assault a city and get over it, or you play the waiting game. The waiting game. Wait for food supplies to run out. Wait for uh, water supplies to run out. The interesting thing about Jericho, it has a natural spring in it. So they're going to be waiting a long time for that natural spring to dry up. And also, it's the time of harvest. So the crops have all been reaped, and probably they could, they could last with their food for probably a couple of years. So if they're going to do what would normally come naturally, they could either try and attack it, but we're talking about the walls of, of Jericho. The reason it's called the walls, double, plural, is because there are actually two walls. A fortified city. Not just a single wall. So assailing it, attacking it's going to be difficult. The waiting game could take a long time. And that would be the natural plan of war. Shut up. But God said to Joshua, See, look at Jericho in front of you. Look at it. And in the natural, they'd be looking at a city that was shut up and they'd be thinking, right, this is going to be a long strategy, God. This is going to be a, a difficult situation. And then he says, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor. That, that situation you're looking at, the, the, the tense that's used in, in, in the Hebrew here is, it has already been done. So he says, I have already given Jericho into your hands. It is done. He's saying, Joshua, look, don't just look at the problem. Don't just see the situation with your natural eyes, but know that I have already given you the, the ability to overcome this challenge, this problem. It's already done. Is there a situation in your life that's come your way and you think, my, how am I going to get through this? God had already given you the ability to get through it. It's not going to overtake you. It's not going to... It's a challenge. It's difficulty. There might be some pain. But God will equip you and enable you to get through it with, by his grace and his help. Thank you. You shall march around the city. And this is where God says, you know, you've got your plans. 
you might think there's a siege mentality going on, but actually I've got my plans. And I'm going to give you a plan that you're going to follow. And the reality is, this plan was never, ever executed ever again. This plan was only used on this one occasion with the city of Jericho. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You should go all around the city once. Everyone say once. And you can do that for six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him. Amazing. So this is God's plan. This is God's way of them going into the city. Right, there's two walls, but don't forget about, forget about besieging it, forget about attacking it. I want you to march every day. And what's going to happen, you've got to have the, the Ark of the Covenant. Remember that represents my presence. You're going to have, before it, you're going to have armed men. Okay? And then behind it, you're going to have the rear guard. And you're going to have the, the, uh, the priests, and Levites. And they're going to be blowing trumpets for six days as you march around it once. Seventh day, you're going to march around it seven times. And during that time, you're going to keep quiet. No one's going to say a word. Try to tell that to children. No one's going to say a word. It's going to be quiet. Apart from the sound of the horn. But then after the long blast, then people are going to shout. And that was God's strategy. And it says there uh, in verse 5, at the end there, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. The wall will fall down flat. Imagine if you heard that from Joshua. Okay. Well, Joshua, I'm, I'm beginning to trust that God is with us because of what he's done with the, the crossing of the River Jordan. I've seen that miracle. But this is crazy. This is crazy. How's the two walls going to fall down as we march around? This is crazy talk. And it's the moment when they've got to think, well, am I going to trust God and believe him and step out in faith? Or am I going to trust my own military genius, my own plans, my own thoughts and do it my way? I did it my way. Let's carry on, please. Now, Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or make a noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth, until the day I say to you, Shout, then you shall shout. But it came to pass on the seventh day, so they've now marched around it, six days. The seventh day, they rose early, about the dawning of the day, and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. On that day, only they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time it happened, when the priests blew the trumpets, that Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. So imagine you're with this group of people. You've now, now it's your time to, you've kept quiet. Now it's your time to shout. I wonder what you began through your mind, in my mind. So I'm going to shout now. And God said the walls are going to come down. Is it really going to happen? Hey, you know, imagine the sort of, how you're feeling. Verse 20, so, when the, so the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened. Imagine you're standing there right now. The big walls are in front of you. And you're shouting. As it happened, when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up 
into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. A little bit of background into this. The people went up. It's on a mound. It's going forward. So both walls must have been demolished. And it must have led a pathway for them to climb into the city. How would you be feeling now? God's done it. A miracle in the Jordan. He's done this crazy miracle in Jericho. Wow. Amazing. Victory requires stepping in faith, not standing in fear. And the people of Israel had an opportunity there, but also a challenge. The challenge was they were going to take that city. You might have a different challenge in your life. It's not about taking a city or a different challenge. But they had a choice. Were they going to obey what God was saying or do their own thing? Were they going to, as it were, step out in faith and do what God was saying, march round, trumpets, and then shout on the last day? Or were they going to stand still? Stand still in a siege mentality. Victory requires stepping out in faith, not standing in fear. So what can we learn from this quickly today? To gain victory in times of challenge, you need to understand, number one, the problem. You need to see the situation. What's the problem ahead of you? This is good because this helps to have a reality check. What is the problem? What is it? What's the difficulty that has come your way? When problems do come and they will come, what is it? The problem is, the problem about the problem is often we're just staring at the problem. In their day, it was the wall of Jericho. In our day, it could be a situation with a relationship that's gone sour or people are gossiping about you or it could be a problem at work, like we said. See the problem. But also, see the situation. Don't just look at the problem with your natural eyes, but look at the problem that God is able to bring you through that problem. The reality is one of the tactics of, of our adversary, the devil, say to him, is he wants to intimidate us. He wants us to be fearful. He wants to, throughout history, the people in the Bible to be fearful because if they're fearful, they're going to stand still. They're not going to take progress, make progress. No, they're not going to take ground. But God, so Satan would want to intimidate us, make us feel fearful. Why was it that the very first thing that God said to Joshua above everything else before he told him any plans, he says, don't be, be, be courageous. Be very courageous because Joshua is going to be fearful because he's a human being like you and I and we become fearful of different situations. So fear is a natural reaction to when we see bad situations or bad reports. But don't see the situation. Allow the word of God, allow faith to arise and say, God can bring me through this situation. This obstacle has come my way. God can bring me through it. God can do something for me. God can do it. Maybe he's done it before. He can do it again. God can see it as a possibility for God to work. Number two, the promise. What has God said? Maybe God's been speaking to you about Maybe if you're a Christian here today and you've got some loved ones or friends and they're not yet Christians and God said to you, or maybe they've been Christians before but they've, they've, they're no longer walking with God. Maybe God said to you, well, actually, I'm going to bring them back. I'm going to bring them back into 
a fresh relationship with me. But they're not yet there. The problem is they've seemed far away. Stand on the promise. Remember what has God said to you. What has God said before? What has God said? Remember the promises that God, God is always speaking to us in various different ways. As we read the Bible and through uh, thoughts that won't go away, God is speaking to us all the time. The question is, are we listening? But what has God said? Stand on what God has said. Even though the, the facts of the situation might seem different to what you're experiencing today. So we've got a problem, we've got the problem, promise, and find out the plan. Step out in faith. The thing is, we might naturally want to do a course of action that comes natural to us. But have you asked God? God has got maybe a, a, a plan that he wants to orchestrate in your life. Maybe something, different steps he wants you to take. Steps that aren't natural to what you'd normally do. Different things he wants you to do. Why? So it brings him glory. And that people have an opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's a plan. Step out in faith. What does this look like? It could look like, for example, you might be praying for some people. We've got an opportunity here over Christmas time. And you might think, well, I've got some, some friends. I might want to invite them to some Christmas activities. And, uh, or they've got some children. I might invite them to a Christmas party. Or I'd love to get involved with the school opportunity there of maybe some activities with the children, sharing faith. But I could never do that. Fear settles in. Maybe for you it's saying, God, give me the boldness. And God will help you. Maybe it's, I've got some neighbour, and uh, but they would never, they'd never come to church. They'd never come to a carol service. That would never happen. Have you seen them? And that's like looking at this wall. When you're looking at the wall, it seems very big. And the reason we've asked you to fill in the car is because we want to pray for you and with you. We've asked you not to reveal their, just their first names so we can pray for the first names. We're going to put a, a collage of these names up that we're praying for every week. But as you say, I'm going to pray for them. That's a step. You're taking a step of faith. I'm going to pray for these people. I'm going to start to believe, actually, that they could have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you know what? I'm going to invite them out for coffee. The wall's getting smaller. I invite them out for coffee. I'm just going to just, just disconnect with them. Um... I'm going to fight around the coffee another time. And they might, we had, some, we had a conversation about what we do at weekend. I said, I go to church. I might have an opportunity to share my story of faith, of what God has done in my life. God, keep me, give me some, some actions here. Look, well, okay, God, I'm going to invite them. They might say no. They might say no. But I can invite them anyway. I'm going to invite them to something at church this Christmas time. I'm going to keep praying for them. They're going through some situations. They've been telling you stuff in their opening up to you that they go through some difficulties in their life. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to ask them, God, I'm going to ask them, well, has anything happened? Anything changed? That's brilliant news and things are starting to change and your faith is starting to increase. Suddenly the wall's looking smaller. Suddenly, unexpectedly, they turn up one week in church. This isn't about them coming to church. This is about them having a relationship with Jesus Christ because Jesus is the answer, amen? Suddenly, the wall that looks so big is looking small because what's happened? Different steps are taking place and our perspective has shifted. We're no longer looking at the wall thinking, my, that's a big wall. We're looking at our God thinking, my, that's a big God. And all I need to do is take steps of faith. Steps of faith.
What has God done in your life? What has God done in your life? God wants us to step out in faith. And the thing about this is we can read the book. We can read the stories of people. 4,000, 5,000 years, 2,000 years ago. People in early church history that have stepped out in faith. The early church martyrs. Bring it back to modern day. People that we know that have stepped out in faith, that have done things. And we think, well, that's great for them. They've got a story to tell. They've got a story of great things. You know, people that go to I know, India even today and see amazing miracles of, of limbs growing and blind eyes being opened. That's okay for them. But the reality is, God has a story. It's a story that when he created the world, he wanted a relationship with, with, um, with people. And we all messed up, didn't we? We all do, do things, say things uh, that, uh, that are wrong. We're human. But God made a way where he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to bring us so he could die, so we don't have to, so we have a relationship with him. So that we can be a part of God's story. When I first ever saw the word history, as a, I was about five years old, I saw the word history. And I thought it meant, I thought it was a spelling mistake. I thought it meant his story. But I found out it meant history. And I found out then it meant what happened in the past. But God wants us to be a part of his story. And we are. If we're a Christian here today, he saved us. He's given us a hope and a future. If we're not, he wants to give you a hope and a future. But when we become a Christian, he doesn't want to leave it there. There's more in the story. There's more in the story. And people who have a story are people that have stepped out in faith. And if we stand still in fear, our story just is as it is. I, I get up, I go to work, I come home, I eat my dinner. But if we have a story, it says, the simple, small things that I do, are having an impact on the world around me. And suddenly we have an opportunity of getting other people involved in the story, not just yourself. Other people can start getting involved who wouldn't have had an opportunity to get involved had not been for you stepping out in faith and saying, okay, even though there's this wall of Jericho, I'm going to obey the steps that you're asking me to take. Whatever it is in your world, whether it's a problem that's come left field, or it's about a situation of evangelizing and just witnessing and just seeing your friends and family come to know Jesus, God wants you to have a story, amen? He wants you to get involved. And do you know what? You know what? He's not going to use anyone else. He wants to use you because you have the relationships. People are watching your life, watching your life. How's your story looking? How's your story looking? Time is gone, but... um. I'm just feeling a, a challenge this morning to us all that we can come to church and we can I was talking with Kate just before the service and they, they went to a worship event yesterday I'm just looking at this rock in my hand right now they went to a worship event they were, there's probably several thousand worshipping Jesus and then there's a car park with lizard cars parked in this muddy car park and people had a great time in worship and the, the car park was muddy, it was overflowing. And this woman was stranded. The, the, the car was doing wheel spins. And who was helping? Apparently Kate was saying no one was helping. They were just going past this woman, stuck in the mud. So uh, Steve gets out. 
hero of the moment and helps, helps a lady. Because our Christian faith is not about what we do on a Sunday. It's not about what we do in these four walls. It's about how we live our relationship with Jesus 24-7. Yes, we'll get it wrong sometimes. Yes, we'll mess up. But God's mercy and grace is there to forgive us and help us on our feet. But also, he want, there's a world waiting for us. There's a world waiting for you. And God says, what's your next step? What's your next step? Challenges this Christmas time, everything that's happening, let's embrace all that God wants to do through you and through the church. But also when the challenges come your way, remember, listen to God. Then he'll ask you to step out, to navigate through the problem, and he'll help you. Let's pray. Lord, we sung the songs this morning, that great are you, Lord, that you're a great God, and you are a great God. But Lord, for some reason, you want to work out your greatness through frail humanity. Through us frail human beings, you want to show and display how great you are. That you're a God that wants to, that so loves this world, that you want to use us to show your glory, to reach out, to love, to heal. But also through the situations that face us, you want us to, to, to lean more into you. And right now, I just want to ask you, if you're facing a situation right now, if you're facing a situation where you've got two options, you either stand still in fear or you feel that God is asking you to, instead of fearing, instead of standing still on that, God wants you to step out. It might be stepping out in evangelism. It might be stepping out inviting people. It might be stepping out to believe God that he can navigate you through your situation. Right now, I'm going to invite you, if you're in a situation where you know there's a step you can take, just to stand to your feet, not for me to see, but just as a response to God, that you're saying, I'm going to trust God to help me to step out and step through the situation with his help. So right now, just as the band is playing, if you want to respond to God this morning, says, God, I want to step out in faith. I want to believe. I don't want to look at the problem as being so good, big, but I want to look at my God as being so big. Then you stand to your feet right now, and I'm going to pray for you. And we're going to see a breakthrough happening in your life. Come on, stand to your feet. You say, I want to see a breakthrough. I want to step out in faith. I want to see a breakthrough. I want to see a shift happen. Great. There's still time for you to stand in response. I'm just going to invite us right now. This is not for me. To, I'm going to pray for you in a minute. But let's just pray. Let's just pray out loud together. Come on. Let this shift happen inside you spiritually, inside your heart, whatever it is. A medical diagnosis, whatever it is, difficulty at work or in your studies, whatever it is, difficulty in relationships, whatever it is, wanting to step out but you feel underconfident, whatever it is, come on, God wants you to step out in faith. It starts with a shift that says, my God is big, my God is able. Look to God, come on, start to pray out loud, come on, tell God as you're feeling, tell him you want to step out, tell him that he's big, tell him that he's able, he's able to use you, he's able to use these men and women of faith. In the time of uh, Joshua, just gnawed ordinary men and women. And throughout history, even to the present day, uses ordinary men and women. There's no supermen. There's no superwomen. There's just ordinary flesh and blood. Ordinary humanity that God wants to show his glory through. As you step out, as you say, God, I want to step out. Come on. Press into him right now. Jesus. 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 
We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.